Rex, a Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast that is 50% rewatch, 50% first time watch, and 100% trauma. My name is Joe, I use any and all pronouns, I am the rewatch half. I'm Chris, I use he, him pronouns, I am the first time watch half, and also, as Joe and I learned right before this, I'm apparently a bot, because yes. I... I sincerely failed one of the CAPTCHA tests on Kiss Anime to watch the show. We just we just wanted to watch our nice wholesome anime, and you had to click an image that had a four and a boy and a something else on it. They started talking about like police emojis and yellow Pikachu's and the number eight, and I was just like, I don't get it. <laughs> These are too many things for me to register at once. Um, so I'm sorry to say that Chris is a bot. You can't have a giant robot podcast without one robot on there. You're right. This is just good representation. <laughs> We're back. This is episode nine of the podcast and the show. Those numbers will be the same up until the end. Uh, up until they're not. Up until they're not. And uh, this is, this. what are the two titles of this one? Um, okay. Uh, God, I was going to try to remember. I know the second what one. Are... The second one's the one that's good. Uh, God, the first one was like like momentary meeting of the mind or some shit that's not it but it's like along those lines yeah the wiki says moment and heart together that was not what it said but uh no it might it's probably a slightly different translation but title two sounds consistent which is both of you dance like you want to win yeah that was absolutely the second title yes and it's it's a good title and it is uh a, a, the reason it's a good title is it's because it's what you walk away from the episode remembering and you say on a podcast i remember this episode being good uh, and then, and then you watch it again and you're like, oh no, uh, there's a lot of other shit that we're going to have to talk about, uh, and unpack, but dancing stuff was good, but it's your turn to, to do the recap. So I guess we can, I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Oh no, I forgot. You forgot. We were just talking about it. I know. But then I got distracted. I was like, oh, we can talk about the episode now and how I thought it was good. And it's like, no, you can't do that yet. You got to do the hard part. Um, <laughs> well, the. Uh, there isn't there there is a link in front of you that you can click for help if you need it i'm not a cheater now that all right now i'm just gonna not use it at all we're gonna see what happens all right all right asuka (laughs) oh god i am i'm just gonna flick you in the forehead um all right so never mind i'm banning that instantly i'm gonna need to read this you're like wait a minute where does it start (laughs) right exactly uh basically they're uh they're showing asuka in this little montage of like photographs being taken and it's like the, the schoolboy is narrating, and it's just like, she's hot, and like she was born in Japan, but uh, grew up in Germany. Does that mean you think she, like, has a boyfriend already? And they're like, no, she probably, like, broke up with the person she was with in Germany and is now, has a heart that can't be repaired or something like that. And she gets, she's getting a bunch of, like, love letters and stuff, which she stomps on in her nice shoes. She's not having it. Her shoes then, have uh, their, her, name, her name written on them? I don't know if that is just a thing at that school or if it's just her because i've only seen her shoes <laughs> but yeah well, there uh, was i did like, notice it yeah there was some like it was like a2 or something like that on there which made me think it was kind of like a normal thing to have everyone in the school yeah just like do, her name but... and class on it yeah i don't know but they drew attention to it they did and uh oh the wiki just explained something i didn't actually fully get from just watching it the pictures were taken and are being sold by kensuke and toji i did not yeah. uh quite understand that they're barely in this episode, but yeah, after the end of them talking, we see Kensuke like saying like he says like thank you come again or something, and then Toji is holding up some negatives. Yeah, see, I had thought that somebody else uh, had said that line of thank you come again, and they had bought the pictures because there's like dialogue around that that made me think that they they were judging the other boys, and then we're like, well, at least we have these pictures of her being hot. I didn't realize they had taken the pictures and they were the ones distributing it, because the mo- like, the voices is somebody else, and they're yeah. talking about how hot she is, so I was, I was thrown off by that, but that, that makes sense, too. Yeah, I think um, what Toji says is, like, at least the pictures don't show her personality or something, yeah. because they know that she's a meanie. Um, yeah. And I can't imagine why she'd be mean to people who take pictures of her and solicit Well, yeah, <laughs> I also feel like, maybe I'm, I'm you know, in my recollection of the last episode, I feel like they're highly exaggerating uh, their dislike of her. Uh, like, not, they, not that I'm saying they don't mean it. I'm saying, like, they are uh, blowing out of proportion what a, like, bad person she is. Like, mm-hmm. just because, basically just because she rejected Toji's advances, essentially. Yes. 
We'll talk. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll talk more in depth about this shit in a sure. little bit. Yeah, Shinji shows up to school, and uh, Asuka is uh, looking for Ray, and she goes up to her and is just like, "Hey, you're the other Eva pilot. Like, we should be good friends." And then Ray says the most disturbing thing of all time, which is, "If I'm ordered to, I will. <laughs> like, if yep. I'm ordered to be your friend, I will. If, um, it, if it benefits my job." I will interact with you. If it does not, I will not. Yep. So then Kaji's still there, and he's, like, already all up God, on Risco. God, I hate Kaji. He's so bad. Oh, do I hate Kaji. Yeah, he's trying to, like, make moves on Risco, who um, is basically like, oh, well, you can't because there's an ugly face watching us, and it's Misato pressed up against the glass. Misato is trying to figure out why Kaji's still there, because, uh, like, they, I think they said, like, they, he already handed off the... Uh, the unit two or whatever but he's staying there on loan and so he's trying to get that the wiki again is is clarifying things that i didn't quite get offers the three of them to go out like their college days i didn't know i guess it makes sense from the way that scene plays out but i didn't realize that ritsko would have known him for as long as masato did obviously you can tell that they know each other but i didn't Mm -hmm. think it was like as far back as that yeah that's a phrase that i didn't catch either so yeah maybe maybe it's there but yeah, so then he's like, let's like hang out like our uh, like the old days. And Masato's like, hell no. And then an alarm rings, which I was like, yes, this is an emergency. Get her out of there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's just a, it's just an angel. And it's one, it's coming out of the water and like, a, I believe they said it's like a peninsula. Uh, it, it's uh, approaching a peninsula. Yeah, that's what it was. Shinji and Asuka are going to go fight the thing. And uh, Asuka jumps out and is immediately stepping all over everything again. That's apparently her deal. Just just squashing things with her big robot feet. Mm-hmm. And she jumps up and it instantly slices the angel in half. But then it like goes through this like weird transformation thing where it, it kind of like is obviously still alive and its body like morphs around a little bit. It, they don't really show it, but like both of them got beat by the uh, the the angel, and they're they're both like the robots just like sticking out of the ground with their feet upside down, like hanging in the air. It's really goofy. Yeah, it's it's a really funny frame that they use. Yeah, and then like like nerves getting clowned on by everybody. The UN thinks they suck, and like everyone's sending like criticism, whatever else. Oh yeah, they they transferred the the duties of stopping the angel to the UN, which like they like burned part of its body. But as we just saw, that doesn't really do anything to it. Like it can like regenerate. Shinji's dad's not there, so Masato's in charge, and Ritsuko is basically like, if he were here, like we'd probably be fired already. But uh, passes on a plan to Masato to fix the whole thing, which uh, Masato is, like, not happy to learn. Did not come from Ritsuko herself, but from Kaji. So it's Kaji's plan. But it's basically... I, I loved that that Kaji's plan to take down this this angel was the same as John Woo's to make face-off. Because it's just, hey, let's have John Travolta and Nicolas Cage hang out for two weeks beforehand. So they, yes. they, they, put, they put Shinji and Asuka together in uh, Masato's apartment... To he, but here's the real together. question: Did John Travolta and Nicolas Cage do any choreographed dances? I feel like knowing what we know about the two of them, that's a must. It's, like, yeah, there's, there's no way that didn't happen. I feel like Nicolas Cage would just want to recreate the scene from Pulp Fiction. That's the thing. <laughs> Where he, he's he's Uma Thurman. That'd be fun. Yes, Nicolas Cage as Uma Thurman as whatever that character's name is. Travolta's like, I don't know. Nicolas Cage's like, don't be a square. <laughs> But yeah, so they're all in Masato's place, and uh, she's got, like, it's not just that they're going to be living together, but also they're going to be, like, listening to this particular song and basically doing uh, DDR to get synced up with this one particular, like, battle strategy that needs to be, like, exactly, like, timed up and synchronized together in order to um, kill this angel. Uh, She said something specific about it, but I didn't listen because I was distracted by the fact that they were playing DDR. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Valid. Toji and Kensuke and the class president all show up, I believe, to be like, hey, sorry, you got your asses kicked by the by the robot. And that's when they all learn that uh, Asuka and Shinji live together and they freak out and accuse them of living in sin and betraying them, depending on the people speaking. But then it all gets explained that they're doing this for, for nerve shit. And then they all have a big, like, uh, extra life stream party where they watch, <laughs> they're watching Asuka and, and Shinji play DDR. But, uh, shocker, they're not very good at it because they don't, they're not on the same wavelength as each other. Uh, but they they sub in Ray for Asuka, and it's, like, perfect. Like, the synchronization, synchronization is is uh, on point, which, of course, f- like, pisses Asuka off and, and makes her kind of, like, freak out and leave. 
the class president weirdly blames it on Shinji. He's like, this is your fault. You made her cry. Go after her. And Shinji goes to talk to her. And Asuka's basically just like, I'm going to prove them wrong that, that I can do this. I'm going to pilot the Ava. And then they start like hanging out and, and practicing. And uh, they uh, they get pretty well synced up. And then weird shit happens. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so, like, all right. Asuka's, like, coming out of the shower in a towel because it's this show. Or, like, a robe. or Yeah, it's, like, a robe, whatever. And she's like, all right, I'm sleeping over here. Here's the wall of Jericho. If you cross it, you're dead. And they're going to bed. But then she ends up crossing the wall of Jericho because she's sleepwalking. And she lays down next to Shinji while he's listening to, like, a little, like, I don't know, like a cassette player or some shit. It, it, we've seen him listen to it before in other episodes. Yeah. She lays down, like, right ahead of him. But she's, like, not, like, there. She's, like, you know, asleep slash sleepwalking. And he, like, almost goes to kiss her. But then she starts talking, like, she's saying mama. And she's talking about her mom. And that, uh, you know... He he pulls away and he's like, oh, because earlier in the episode she had like accused him of like being a child and he's he's like, you're just a child yourself, like whatever. Um, God, this next scene pissed me off. Then we cut to the, well, the we'll, headquarters. We'll, we'll talk about that in length too, I'm sure. Yeah, we cut back and like we see like someone in like a I think it's like an elevator like making out with with Akaji and they pan up and it's Misato and I literally Joe I almost screamed damn it Misato into your ears because I was so unhappy. I there were so many scenes where I was wondering if you would say something out loud and I just heard <laughs> just frantic typing. Uh huh. <laughs> that one was all caps just damn it Misato. I okay, just, well it yeah I just took it to paper instead. <laughs> Yeah, so then she's like, actually, no, this is a bad idea. Like, I, I don't have feelings for it anymore. And Kaiju's like, your lips say different. Which one should I listen to? Your lips or your words? And I just want to be like, her words, dumbass. Fuck you. It's the God, worst manipulative shit. Yeah, he fucking sucks. Fuck um, Kaji. Fuck Kaji. B-rate Shaggy Rogers, motherfucker. Yeah, he sucks ass. Anyway, so then uh, D-Day, as Masato calls it, happens. And Shinji and Asuka are all synced up. They, they play the music that Kaji picked for him. And it's... Just the most incredible sequence of these Avas fighting this angel and kicking the shit out of it, synced up to music while they're like literally dancing. And like, like I said last time on the episode preview, they're doing like backflips, like back handsprings, and like twirling in the air and shit. It rules. So they like fly down and they they kick the shit out of the thing until it's dead. But then they like they they also like fall over each other and they uh, they bicker about it while the adults have to listen to it from uh, from a safe location. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's the episode. A lot of fucking shit that happened in this episode. Yeah, kind of is. Oh, where to start? I do you want to get the positive things out of the way or like the negative things out of the way? Uh, I don't really care. Flip a flip a flip a coin. Um. Well, I don't have a coin nearby. Shit. <laughs> I have a pen. I'll flip All right, this. That'll work. I think. That was heads, uh, so we'll do something good. <laughs> Let's talk about <laughs> robots. Something good. Something good. I love the structure of this episode in the way that it it shows them having, like, they can't communicate, at least them losing, and then the whole episode is about them communicating and growing, and then they can succeed. Um, there's very little robot fighting in the episode. We don't even see them get their, you know, shit handed to them. They, we just see the robots... Uh, put in the dirt afterwards yeah and that transition when it goes from like them realizing it split into two to them like all in the room looking at the aftermath that that transition i almost thought something was actually wrong with the video yeah it's a weird one because like i i get it uh it's not it's, bad yeah it's like but... the visual and sound effect of like a uh like an old real camera like actually shutting off yeah, uh, for me, there was a little bit something missing with, with the way they chose to, like, I, uh, I'm i all for the, the thing everyone's heard of, like, you know, get into the scene as late as possible and, and uh, leave as soon as possible, whatever. But, like, there was some stuff where I was like, wait a minute, like, how did, like, if they got, like, their asses beat like that, like, you know, I don't, I, it's, it's weird to have a show built around these, like, all-threatening angel creatures, but then, like, we can just cut away from them getting, like, beat by them with nothing about, like, Oh, like we had to like drastically save their lives, or else the thing would have killed them. Like it's just kind of weird to like come, like mm-hmm. cut away from all the danger. Like yeah, and in the way that the the angel uh, the the evas are posed, just like stuck in the dirt or the water. Yeah. it's 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 played for comedic relief, and I think it works, but it does undercut that like 
the way that the angels have been treated as threats up to this point. And like, we're yeah. still seeing the big diamond of Ramiel, like slowly deconstructed in the city. Yeah. Like I said, like, yeah, I think, the, I think that the, the community thing like works fine, but like it, it did, I did have the thought of like, wait a minute, like, shouldn't they be like dead or at least like, holy shit, we almost died rather than mm-hmm. just like, we look silly because our feet are in the air. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like the tone's a little weird. Yeah. And, and then they explain that like, yeah, the, the other missiles came in and, you know, did stuff. But, I don't know, Ray survived the the laser blast from the last time she fought. Yeah. And, like, and also, to you know, on the one hand, like, there there's something to be, to be said for, like, you know, if you're going to try to make this, like, giant threat, there's something to be said for, like, keeping it consistent the whole way. But there's also, I get where they're like, nah, like, they get it. They know this shit's scary. Let's do something different. Like, yeah. I, I'm for that, too. Yeah, this episode is, is, is about Shinji and Asuka and their relationship and also how other people are handling their relationship and making all the decisions in it because they really don't make any decisions. Uh, I think, I don't know. It kind of frames like Asuka has more agency than Shinji, but I really don't think she does. Yeah. It's it just, does I think feel it's, that way in the moment. It's, yeah. I think it's just her confidence in the way that she just kind of does what she wants, but also there are problems as a side effect. Like she fucked up fighting the angel the first time. Yeah, she strikes me as the kind of character who, like, if someone told her to go somewhere, she's like, well, I wanted to go there anyway. Like, so, like, you know, we yeah. did, we wouldn't necessarily hear from her if she was doing something against her will. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, she mentions at some point that she has to pilot the Eva, and then, she, like, that's the thing. I think Masada was playing into that. I think she shows Asuka that someone else can do her job, and knowing that that will motivate her. Like I think I think Masato is is taking advantage of those shortcomings of Asuka, who is a teenage girl. Of course she's gonna be insecure. Yeah, that interpretation that you just offered actually like, like makes more sense of one of the questions that I had. Although it this question's still there, it just like slightly shifts the perspective on it. I guess since I'm talking about it right now, I'll just jump yeah, in. Yeah, what's that, that question? Um I not to ruin the giant robot show with logic, but like mm-hmm. why would Misato give Asuka another chance to get synced up rather than just like no, these two work absolutely perfectly and will save our lives in the city. Uh, so and, I was so thinking like, about that, too. I was like, yeah. why, you know, like, clearly she wants Asuka to do it, and she's only having Ray do it to demonstrate that it's achievable for Asuka. Why not just have the two that are already synced up? And I think, there, like, my reading of it, not, I, and I, this isn't actually based on necessarily having seen it before, so much as just me thinking about this episode, is I feel like, she knows that Ray is good at what she does and she works well with Shinji. I think she is trying, like, this is going to sound rough, but it's from Masato's point of view. I think she's trying to make Asuka more useful for Nerve. I like, I guess, but like, it just, like, again, I guess it just depends on like how, how much you want to read into the world they've presented up to this point, because the tone mm-hmm. of the show is changing a little bit. It's been a little bit more like lighthearted lately, but I'm still thinking about this as like a thing. Like this is like a global emergency. Like, I feel like you can't like be like, well, we want her to do better on future missions. Like, why don't you just like make sure that we don't all die first? You know what I mean? Like it's a little yeah. strange. Like Shinji's always referred to as a spare, but I think in the way that these characters are treated, at least in the way that we have seen so far, it feels like Ray is always a cons- like, she will always be there as a backup if anything goes wrong. And I think yeah. they're just like, like if, if something were to happen to Asuka and Shinji in this mission, they would send out Rei and be fine yeah. with it. Yeah, I suppose that's fine. Yeah, yeah that's just my, then, my interpretation yeah. of it. That checks out. I was wondering if it wasn't something to do with like the fact that um, Asuka was brought in uh, like kind of like outsourced. Like, and I wonder if there was like somewhere like they like they literally had to use her for some reason or like, mm-hmm. um, you know, like some kind of like, I don't know, contract shit. You know, like I didn't know if that was maybe playing into it. Yeah, they don't I don't uh, remember if they explained specifically why Unit 2 and, and Asuka transfer over. Just that Kaji brings that and then stays. Yeah. But, you know, I, I guess it does make sense that, like, if, if like, you're saying, like, they always could send in Ray if it did go badly, that you would want... I don't I, it could, I could go either way on it. Because it's like... Yeah. It, it makes sense that you'd want to have as many able pilots as possible, and you want them all to be as good as possible. But at the same time, if you send them out when they're not ready, just thinking you'll use Ray as backup, then you've lost your pilot anyway. So yeah. And yeah, it's very much just, like, they... how much logic do you want to actually put into yeah. the, the... Your anime the, show. Yeah, the robot anime yeah. show. Um, well, because, like, they they didn't... they Not to fucking continue to nitpick, but they didn't send out Ray when they both got fucking head spiked into the dirt. By yeah, the and I think that's angel. because... And, and I don't know, you could assume that's because, the like, the UN and stuff 
stepped in to fire missiles to slow it down. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why Ray is. Just I don't really care that burner. much about that. It's fine. I'm. I swear, I'm not that guy. I was just thinking about it. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to think about. This show, for the most part, I think follows its own logic when it does yeah. shit like that. Yeah, maybe that's why I'm like jumping on so hard when it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Why was Ray? Oh, why did Masato even have Ray with her? I guess probably just for that. Because she shows yeah. up with Ray uh, when she meets Toji and Earl and whatever the class rep's mm-hmm. name is. Yeah, but yeah, know. so they play DDR for a while. Uh, Asuka, like, they're not, they're just not able to, to, like, find each other's rhythm. And yeah, Ray and Shinji sync up perfectly. That makes Asuka, uh, you know, insecure. And there's a lot of, like, effective animation. Like, her body language works really, really well to convey that. Yeah, it does. It does. It's the first time we've seen her rattled, really. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, she's been, like, uh, like, mad at, like, oh, why is this Shinji kid so important, and then, like, this is when it's really sold that, it, like, it is a deep insecurity she has to be, you know, the best EVA pilot, for whatever yeah, reason. She, she looked, like, scared about mm-hmm. being replaced. Yeah, and she storms off, and Masato seems pleased with herself that she got that reaction, and the class rep blames Shinji for making her upset and tells him to go get her. Well, he didn't I, do anything. I want to vote... I want to vote in a new class rep. That was dumb. Yeah, this that was... Person, uh, <laughs> they don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. She seems to, like... There's very little time the class rep is on screen, but she's coming to see Asuka, and she is upset that she is living in the same place as this boy, and then blames him for making her cry, even though, like, he did absolutely nothing. So I don't know if there's much to read into that or if it's just moving their relationship forward. Eh, but I don't know. I'm ready to vote her out. I, yeah. I think I think we need a new class rep. Uh huh. I don't know. There's no character that we have met that I would be comfortable with being the class rep. <laughs> no, that's true. That's why she's keeping her job. Yeah, because everyone else is bad. She's the least offensive we've seen. Yeah. But yeah, so they there is a montage where they do all their things together, like find each other's you know rhythm or whatever. They play. They get better at DDR, and then it leads to them going out in the robots. And they have this very exact plan. It's like 62 seconds in which they'll beat the the thing. Because they have to attack the core at the same time when they're separated. I don't know how they know this, but it's fine. Uh, I'd like everyone to know that Joe is a fake fan. It was 61 seconds. Sure. Uh, And they do that. You've watched this twice. You have no excuse. Fine. Uh, (laughs) And regardless, they do it. They do it. And I think that sequence is like really really satisfying and rewarding both in terms of just like it's the the way it the actual choreography of the robots and the angels the way it is you know edited together the score is good uh the the use of the score with no sound effects i think is really mm-hmm. effective uh it's just a really good shot and that's what i remember from this episode is ah uh, the yeah. dancing stuff is is like you know cheesy and fun and cool and the robot fights are cool and that's all that's in this episode uh <laughs> that's all i remembered uh and i i think i said last time too like i was prepared to uh to find something that i didn't like in it um or at least made me uncomfortable uh and that did definitely happen because kaji is here and there's some stuff with shinji and asuka that is uncomfortable as well yeah before we move off it though that that sequence the the fight with the music was incredible i was geeking so out good. so hard so good like yeah like and it said, sucks too yeah. like I'm uncomfortable through so much of the episode and critical of it, and then it sticks the landing so aggressively hard <laughs> that I'm just like, I think I'm still walking away from this episode satisfied. I don't know if I should. Absolutely, be. you know, this is this is definitely one that ends where you're like holding up the ten sign and just like clapping fervently, like yes, more yeah. of that, please. Because mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, it's like it's the the music which is good on its own with the no sound effects with like actually like really really great action it's kind of it's like the yes. action is almost like if it were in a normal action scene you'd be like holy shit but in this you almost lose it because like of the music and the dancing and the backflipping and shit like but like the even the shit that's happening in the fight is awesome they like mm-hmm. step on this thing that shoots up a barrier that blocks them and they're like dodging around the sides shooting the thing and like it's just uh, all of it's really yeah, cool yeah we have i don't think we've seen a fight so what like without any faults they just kind of nail it and like that's the point they practice really yeah. really hard and and then they nail it and I think, you know, we, we, we've seen uh, so much sparse robot fighting in this robot fighting show that, like, when they deliver it, it's, like, really effective. 
Um, yeah, we, well, and even this one is like it's not long. It's mm-hmm. short, and it's like 60, the ending's really like, truncated. It's quick. Yeah. So like it's keeping with the kind of like minimalist feel of the show still, but mm-hmm. they look like balls deep with that minimal like whatever like that that sequence like they go all out with it. Yeah, that like the the, the actual timer on the screen is like a really good touch too. I didn't even see that. Is that there? Yeah, in the bottom right, there's a timer that as soon as they start like as soon as the robots go start going up the little rail escalator, the timer starts going down, and uh, oh, it's really wow. it's it's a really nice effect. I was just marking out too hard. I there's a, there's a lot of really good visual choices in this episode. Uh, we talked about the the body language of Asuka. There is a lot of other body language that is, I think, like really demonstrates the the character's thoughts, um, even in scenes that are uncomfortable. Uh, I think I think it's effective at making that feeling. Yeah. There's the robot action. Uh, there's something else that was. Oh, there was a scene when they're looking at the like the the slideshow of their their robots that when they lost the battle there's just some like really effective decisions on the way that shinji and asuka are animated in front of that scene that like really sell that light is shining on them and over them uh-huh it's just like a really good use of like foreground and background space yeah and i like that and they, they basically and they and they do the scene from the hobbs and shaw trailer where like they're like screaming at each other face to face and someone next to the, like like in the room with them, it's like you have to get along and do a mission together, and they're just yeah. like, "I hate this person." This it's was the original Hobbs and Shaw. Really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hobbs and Shinji. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> I want that movie now. <laughs> anyway, I know. Uh, while we're still while, <laughs> while we're still on the visuals, um, even the thing that I talked about in the recap where Oscar like uh, splits the angel in half, like cuts it right on the middle was was really cool and i loved like the shinji stuff because it's it's, like, it's this really badass visual and then shinji mm-hmm. just goes like that wasn't bad like it's really funny because like he's struggled his ass off against all these like angels and like she just like owns it and he's just like oh okay he's like oh <laughs> that actually bad. worked and then it, it yeah it doesn't so that was fun oh also on the visuals i don't think there there was one in that first fight but it was better in the second fight where they're doing it together it reminded me um the shots were like it's like flashing between the robot and the person in it those are just really really well done they're not like i mean that's in a lot of mecha show it, for me i think of gunbuster uh doing it maybe the best but also gunbuster being similar like having ano on board from this show it's i've also seen it in like not as well done in power rangers but like that kind of trope of just like flashing yeah. between that stuff it it's it's kind of common to see in in anything that has a giant robot piloted by a person it might have started with with Gundam or something. I don't I don't know. I was I was thinking about Gundam when you were talking, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, I I haven't done the the robot research. Um yeah. but I it makes me think of Gunbuster because that's one of the shows I think does that best with really uh using the 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 human's body language with the the robot's body language to to talk about what the character's going through. Um and I I know that when Gundam's good, it does that stuff too. Uh, but I haven't seen all of it. There's a lot of it. And what was the other thing? Oh, just thinking about like, oh, the, the body language that is animated really well. I texted you like a couple, like a week ago about how Brad Bird's a visionary. <laughs> yes. Because I was thinking about that watching. I was rewatching The Iron Giant and I had just recently seen uh, Incredibles 2 and then I watched Ratatouille and like he nails that comedic timing with uh, animation. And this episode... I had a feeling I was going to end up talking about Brad Bird with you on this podcast at some point. Brad Bird is the word. Bird is the word. And we uh, in this episode, I thought that there was a lot of really good uh, like comedic timing and, and like visual body language. Um, when Asuka wakes up in the middle of the night and Shinji just like snaps to pretending to be asleep and pausing his stuff. It's just like it's really quick, but like the details are so effective at selling exactly what's happening. And that's that's it. That's my only thought is that it's really good. It's done really well. Yeah, I agree. And and, and even, even though the, the, even though the rest of that scene is complicated to talk about. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that in a moment. While we're still a couple more visual things, real quick, get these out of the way. The the moment when the angel starts to morph after it gets cut in half, I was like, ooh, this is this is cool. Like it's nothing like new, but just like the way it looked was like it was it was a cool sequence. It was mm-hmm. uh, I liked that, and it's funny because they cut after that too basically the exact same shower like from dragon ball z of masato breaks her scouter like mm-hmm. i don't know which one came first so i don't know like if it was like an homage or whatever but it's very similar yeah just like she breaks her headset or whatever in her hand yeah because she was not prepared for that but i like that it has like whether it was or not it has a very different feel to it like this one is very like 
quick and crunchy and like it, it like i don't know mm-hmm. I, I liked the way there, i don't really know how to like say it another way i liked the way that the shot made me feel i don't know yeah cool. yeah and i like that little montage you mentioned earlier it's very short when but... they're when they're like brushing their teeth and doing the ddr and stuff yeah yep yeah it's like some nice like yeah. uh like color and and mm-hmm music and yeah i like that yeah no i this episode like looks and sounds phenomenal top to bottom but it's really getting messy with that story stuff (laughs) you think Um, so i think like i think i am feeling the way i am supposed to feel watching it but also but also the things i am watching make me feel (laughs) so yeah i don't know i guess it's mainly like kaji sucks uh i don't like anytime he's on screen that's the point but I feel much worse about the Asuka stuff, which there's a little bit in this episode. But I feel like, like uh, you mentioned when she like comes out in a towel, that scene, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of gaze put on her in in those yeah. shots that she's in uh, the way you can see down her shirt. I think there's a there. it's very subtle. But when it cuts back to Shinji, you see his eyes go up. It's just like. I, I get what they're doing. I just wish they weren't, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I think it's it's like what it's doing is trying to sell certain themes, uh, story progression, and they are doing so effectively. But I question their decision to do it in the first place, especially with the way like we complained about the way Oscar was presented last time, too. It's just kind of on the same beat of why are you sexualizing this 14 year old girl? Yeah. Yeah. I I, uh, I did think, though, that during this particular scene it again they were they were accused that other like, like other episodes and unlike the last episode they were accused that made me feel like they were kind of i don't know it's not doing like something the, with it that was like i don't feel like these are played off as jokes if that's what you're going yeah for. like like what i'm what i'm getting to is that um when she's laying down in front of him and he's like in this intimate position with her at that point, mm-hmm. the sounds from his tape player are making this like distressing, yes. distorted noise. And so that to me makes me feel better about it because like it's clearly like saying something about how this is still like this weird, uncomfortable territory and not like <laughs> look like they're going to yes. like make out like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's 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 I think it's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's. It's not like played up as a joke, like when you know the upskirt stuff happened last time. Uh, there was that weird jokey fiddle music, which was in this episode, but it's when she's talking to Ray at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and Toji says, "Are are only weirdos allowed to pilot the robot?" Which is a good line that I will keep in my head for the rest of the show. But anyways, when she, when that scene happens, like uh, the scene where she she comes out of the shower and like moves her bed in the other room, which is already like. Uh, I think the I think the the way that scene is like edited or cut together is like very intentionally as a bait and switch because she comes out uh, in this bath towel and she's like you know they make a point this, to show that it's dropping and she has to pull it back up uh, and she goes to Shinji and's like where's Masato and he's like she's at work all night and like there's a there's a a frame on her and she's like oh that means we're all alone and then it cuts to like her moving her bed into another room and saying don't bother yeah. me. Which is an interesting bait and switch. Uh, but when she's talking to him and like saying this is, you know, metaphorically the wall of Jericho don't come in here and he doesn't seem to mind that. Um, but she's like bent over while she's doing it. And there's a lot of uh, focus put on the fact that you can see in her shirt. Um, and I mentioned uh, the, the subtle detail of Shinji's eyes like moving up to match her, her face uh, when it cuts back to him. And then later we get to the scene where she sleepwalks out. And yes, we get the the very discordant sound of the tape player like reversing. And I do think that like that scene is set really well. It's like, it's very intentionally tense and awkward. And Shinji is so drawn to just be like, I'm this close to this person. Do I go for it? And he like, doesn't, we can unpack why Shinji does that forever. I don't know if it's valuable to do at this point in the narrative, but uh, it is shown. It does happen. And he stops himself uh, when she starts to say mama in her sleep and start to cry. And then we cut to him on the other side of the room saying, you're just a child, too. And then he covers himself up all pouty-like. We could also unpack that for two hours if we wanted to. He's a lot less sympathetic in scenes like this than he is in the rest of the show. Yeah. Like, the, the fact that he, like, goes for it when there's no real reason for him to think that that would... I guess they've been, like, like hanging out together the whole time in the montage. But, like, it still it's not so, feels... It's not, like, delivered to us that that would make sense. No, yeah, it feels like it doesn't make any sense that he would yeah. think that's a thing, and so it just and feels she's like, like creepy and shitty. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah and, of course. And like later when he says, maybe I mean, assume, he has to assume she is asleep at that point. Because later he does say sleepwalking at the end of the episode yeah. where they call each other out on this scene. Which is I've, very weird that that happens in a comedy scene, by the way. I don't know how to feel about the way, like, the very last scene of this episode. But, yeah, it's it's weird. He, like, thinks about it and moves in, and then he stops, and then he's, like, he goes back to being angry at her again. But then they still work together fine, which is weird. Yeah. You would think that would set up them, like, faltering. That's true, yeah. And also, I didn't like that he got all shitty about that, because, like, I don't know, I'm... It's probably he, not this, but the way it kind of reads is like I'm mad that you did like I you you're not ready to kiss me like you're a child like I don't I, know like, it's like I, weird. Yeah, I think I do know how it's expected to be read. I do think I don't think he realized she was asleep until she said mama. I think that's what I'm supposed to be getting from this because I think he was like is she making a move on me? Is this like is she wanting to be this close to me and comfortable with me? And then when he realizes she's asleep when she says mama and starts to cry, he gets really pouty like I wouldn't have wanted to do that anyway because he's a, a teenage boy. Uh, and he, he's just like, oh, is this happening? And then, oh, it's not happening. Why did I think it was happening? And she's saying, mama, she must be a kid too. How dare she call me a kid? Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, that makes sense. That's probably also the most favorable reading I can give it. Yeah. <laughs> Without just saying Shinji's a huge fucking creep, which he kind of is in this scene regardless. But I, that's where I would guess he's coming from. Yeah, I could at least see it. Yeah. It's, again, it's like... She comes out of the bathroom and then just lays down. Yeah, it just it just takes a little bit of like a, a stretch to be like, and she keeps her eyes closed the entire time because, like, you know what I mean? Like, if yeah. he thought she was still awake, like, yeah, he's just like connecting dots in his head, and it's very tense and happens fast, and he uh, would have fucked up pretty bad, and I still think he did anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. regardless, that happens, and yeah, and then they succeed in the robot, and then at the end of the episode when they. Uh, they like, uh, they kick at the same time and it's coordinated and they beat the angel, but then like after it explodes, they end up like tangled up, uh, in the, in the crater that it leaves. And like, they're like, ah, this is still embarrassing. They didn't like land on their feet and they start yelling at each other. And the Evas, uh, or actually Shinji gets out of his and gets yelled at by Asuka from the phone. And yeah, they, they talk about that in, in that comedy scene, like that, like jokey fight, which I thought was very bizarre. Yeah, I, w I was looking at that scene from a slightly different angle, so I actually, like, kind of liked it, but I also can see why that's not good. Well, um, lay it on me. It was... I'm just confused. Yeah, yeah. The reason that I liked it was, it's not, it's nothing great. It's just the particular way I was looking at it. I was thinking a lot about last week still, when, like, every scene was like, oh, you pervert, you're, like, on top of me, blah, blah, blah. And, like, they were doing the same conversation here, but instead they, they, they like, uh, subverted it a little bit by creating, like, a different feeling by instead of, like, making us sit and watch that and being like, this is whatever, like, they instead, like, showed the adults having to, like, be, like, mm. unintentional, like, um, eavesdroppers on this really uncomfortable conversation that children shouldn't be having to begin with, let alone on this, like, d drastically dangerous work environment thing. So, like, it just, like, that element of it, like, made it work better for me, just mm -hmm. that, like, they, I don't know, just, like, they spun it a little bit. But you're right that maybe that wasn't the spin they should have done, considering that, but, like, they were never going to handle that the right way, like, based on the other things yeah. they've done with moments like that. I. I would have figured it just would have not been mentioned. I just feel like it would have not come up. But she, yeah, it, they decide to, to frame it where Asuka makes this joke of like, oh, you were just trying to kiss me. And then he's like, but I, but I didn't. Were you awake? And then she's like, I was joking. What? What the fuck? <laughs> Which is like, a, it feels like that scene felt a little too heavy for this to be how it comes up again, I guess is my perspective. I do like that, like what you mentioned of like, it's kind of being framed through these adults who are like, ah, oh, this is. You know, these kids are still embarrassing us doing this. But also, I don't know. I just, I don't really care about the adults in this situation. <laughs> no, I just mean that, like, I feel like watching the adults sit dumbfounded listening to that emphasizes, like, what the fuck is happening with these 14-year-olds versus when they sit and just mm -hmm. show us the 14-year-olds, they're expecting us to be like, this is either funny or, like, cool or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, whereas, like, showing the adults watching it and being, like, bewildered kind of does a better job of showing like this isn't like what these kids should be like yeah i think you know, like, i think the reason i disconnect from that reading is just because this is the adult's fault <laughs> that's true i think i think i mean it's the only reason i'm just like eh, it still kind of feels pretty much just as a joke to me 
Oh no! It, it de- no, I, I, I think it is one hundred percent a joke. It's just, a, it's just told that, differently. That, that joke, that joke just works a little better for me that way. Okay. Like I can, see, I can see the humor in watching uh, adult professionals trying to save the world listening to that conversation. I don't see the humor in just listening to the conversation. That's fair. I don't think either of them are great sources of humor in this context. But I, yeah. can, I get it. I get the other one. I've never really understood the like. Uh, the the primary version of that trope that we've seen. Well, that's the thing too. Yeah, it's like is this is the demographic of this episode the same as the last one? It feel it don't, like it they they feel like it's, they're framing things in different ways. Which they are, is yeah. Like good. similar, yeah. Similar things are happening, but they're but they're 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 portraying it differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I do you think I I had a thought during this. Do you think Oscar like actually didn't know that that? Well, no, she she couldn't have right. I don't. It just seems like I don't know. I guess during the conversation, I was thinking that, like, she doesn't, she strikes me as the kind of character that, that might, if she did somehow know, like, trap him like that, but also it wouldn't make sense that she knew because she was literally sleep, talking about her mom. She would never let that happen if she was conscious. So she legitimately didn't know and just had to make a weird joke. Yeah, I don't, like, that's the thing, I don't think she would have, like, I I feel like when Shindy's like, oh, you were just sleep talking about her mom, like, that would catch her really off guard. Yeah, I guess this whole thing—the problem is that uh, you, you know, words are being put, at, words and behaviors are being put, being put into this fourteen-year-old girl that wouldn't be there if it wasn't like probably an adult man writing them. Yeah, like that's the thing. This that that that's the thing. Like that scene before felt like it had a lot of weight in what we were trying to like analyze with what these teenagers are going through, and then this is using that. <clears throat> it's this is using that as like a fuel for a punchline, which feels weird. This show has a lot of tonal disconnects where it does things that feel relevant and then it does things like like last episode where it felt like a huge shift where we went from now the sexual relation is exclusively a joke and there's no commentary being made. Yeah. And this one I feel like is there commentary being made? I don't I don't know. Uh, I don't think I don't well I think I think commentary is being made in the scene where they're actually in the dark with the player. I don't think there's commentary being made I think in it, the ending scene. Yeah, I don't think there is an ending scene. I don't even know if it's so much commentary in this episode so much as characterization. That's true. I guess less than commentary, I just mean overall, like, like feel of the scene that's shaping how we're supposed to, like, take it. They, they're not yeah. necessarily, like, stating a message, but, like, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, is there, is, is something being built towards with these decisions, or is it just jokiness? And I think, uh, I think last time... There is some characterization to Asuka alongside that jokiness. It's just more uncomfortable than anything. I don't know. Yeah. This one was different in the way that Asuka is framed. Not necessarily better, but different. It's, I, I will say that it was a lot more watchable. Last week, like, pissed me off. It doesn't, like, that's the thing. Like, yeah, there is, like, the long shots of Asuka where, you know, you can look up down her shirt, but it's not played as a joke. And. It still sucks. It's not necessarily better, but it is. I, I I feel like it's a bit. It's not. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say that it's fine if it's not a joke and it's using to characterize her and uh make this commentary on like these teenagers' relationship because it is still you know a bunch of adult men drawing teenage girls sexually you know and that sucks. But it is like there. It's. I don't want to say it's ever palatable, but compared to the last episode like the last episode was much more rough i think and maybe yeah maybe that in itself is a commentary <laughs> like um why why does it feel more palatable compared to that yeah i don't know it, it seems like that where it's like why are they being framed the way adults would be but that happens I, a lot to 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 the teenagers in this show the only thing i can think of to say and i know this has come up i think it's come up before when we've talked about just like why is this sort of thing happening at all and like why would this happen at all and I think I brought up that, like, it's, like, a thing where, like, I do feel like adults, like, it, it shouldn't be, like, inherently wrong or frowned upon for, like, adults to write things that reflect upon the way that, like, like their first, like, attractions or experiences felt to them as kids. And in that sense, to frame them the way adults would be, because that's how the kids are seeing it. Like, they're seeing their first, like, adult kind of encounters. They are seeing it the way that, do you know what I mean? Like, or, I mean, maybe not these kids, because they're so, like, fucking traumatized. But, like, like it makes sense that if you're looking at it purely on a character level, that 
a 14-year-old would, like, look across the room at this person who's sharing a room with them, like, but they're bent over and, like, their, like, chest is kind of exposed. Like, I get that. It just becomes weird when you, re- when you like, are actively remembering that who's portraying that to you is an adult. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's, like, a it's a messy thing that I, like, I get, but it just can kind of be questionable. It's, it's just, it's, it's messy is what it is. Like, yeah. I, I agree with you when you say, like, there's nothing, in, like, there isn't an inherent wrongness in people writing about the experiences they had when younger. It's just, it is a tightrope. I think, I think absolutely. And especially because I am, I maybe went, like, a, I, I maybe, like, misspoke a tiny bit. Because I don't think these were, these are experiences that are reflective of, like, the creator's experience. It's not, it's not like this is, like, autobiography. I think sure. this is more it, down the down the line of, like, oh, like I've talked about before, I think a lot of this show is kind of, like, what they imagine a 14-year-old boy's fantasy is. Like, ooh, now you get to stay overnight with the person. Like, that's the way that a lot of this stuff reads to me. So... I guess I'm just saying I can I get where in some scenarios an adult might want to portray a risque situation involving teenagers if it's coming from like they're trying to get at what it was like to grow up and like whatever else. Yeah. But in this situation, or it doesn't just, feel quite right. Yeah, and or just like vis- like visual metaphors for like experienced traumas and like maybe that's not true. Like this episode or these scenes, I think later on this is coming from my my rewatch brain. Like later on, the show gets messier uh and i think you know like there's a lot of uh writing about ano's depression in the last half of this show and uh some other stuff that is represented in this show and i think like people continue to have this conversation forever but yeah it, it really just is a tightrope and it's like representing that stuff and having thematic purpose to represent your own traumas or any traumas whether it's personal or not uh and just like where where is that line <laughs> who gets to decide uh yeah and, and and also i think that everyone would be more willing to to walk the tightrope if this show wasn't constantly making a weird perverted joke out of it too you can't really have it both ways you exactly can't ask us to like take it seriously and give you the, the benefit of the doubt and also be like look at this yeah and like we touched on it last time like there's you know different directors every episode um i think it's mostly consistent writers i think it's it's Anno and someone else i think eventually it becomes just Anno. Uh, it is based off how a manga started. It's really hard to say how who makes exactly what decisions in the end. Like like Twin Peaks is lauded as a David Lynch project, but a lot like his direct input wasn't on every single episode. Um he didn't yeah. di- he only directed like a few of them. Uh and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's just it's <laughs> we always have this conversation and it's always like, well we're not gonna come to a tight decision today, huh? <laughs> I know, I, I'm literally just, like, sighing and like, God, are they gonna make us talk about their weird sex position of children for, like, every episode of this show? Like, do uh, we have to, like... Ugh. It's, yeah, it's messy. I, I, uh, saw a movie with someone that I don't talk to anymore a while ago, and I think I offhandedly made some comment about how it adaptations are, like, why do people adapt this book that had all this, like, gross kid stuff in it? Mm-hmm. And their initial response to this was like, but it means so much thematically in the text. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I super don't care what it means in context because of what is like, what it is, what they are using to tell those themes. And what I'm referring to is a bunch of kids having sex in, in the last act of it. Uh, you know, that, that sort of defense of like, well, it matters in the text and it's just a book and like, yada, yada, yada. And I never want to come off like that talking about this show. Because it's like representing traumas and those kind of feelings. It like it's just a it's it's a messy tightrope, and I I don't know. I know there are some things in this show that are definitively across that line, but it's so hard to know what the show is trying to say at any given moment if it is trying to say something at all. Like there, are, yeah, there are scenes where I think it's very clear that they're not saying anything, or or no, or maybe I just can't yeah. give them that credit, like. I, I don't know. I can't just assume that they're they're doing that jokey stuff in the last episode and they're like, ah, but like, it's bad that this is a joke because the text doesn't no, do that. No, they're not. Yeah. No, they're really not. Don't give them that. <laughs> no, but like when we were talking about like Masato and other episodes, it's like Shinji seems uncomfortable, but also they're still doing the thing. Yeah. So anyways, we'll, we'll continue to walk this tightrope for the rest <sighs> of this podcast. <laughs> God. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Asuka's theme continues to rule, and I love yes. her flicking Shinji in the fucking forehead. That was fun. These are good things. We haven't even talked about Kaji yet. Oh, God, he sucks so much. I just, like, mm-hmm. all, all it really is 
is just, he continues to suck. He's still bad. And I was really disappointed that Masada, I felt like watching a friend make that kind of decision. Yes. I was like, God damn it, Masada, we were all rooting for you. I hate how much I related to Masato in this episode. Like, yeah, I mean, we've all been there, but like, doesn't mean she's got to do it. <laughs> exactly. Sure. But that's the thing. Like, these characters are very complicated and unfortunately human. Where you're just like, oh, Masato, yeah. he's such a piece of shit and he's being really manipulative. And we can see that. And she's like, but I'm not entirely over what I want to be over. Yeah. It's it also I think there's an extra layer because it, it is so unsubtle about how manipulative and shitty he is at every possible moment. And and Ritsuko doesn't help either. She's like, well, maybe he's different. It's been a long time. It's yeah. like, fuck you. you. You know he's not different. Yeah. You just, like, got, like, felt up by him at your work. Like, Yeah. Um, Kaji makes some reference about Ritsuko having, like, some unrequited love, which goes essentially untalked about. But she, she seems, like, she doesn't seem to, like, necessarily ignore or, like, be as uncomfortable by Kaji's uh, advances, even though I was uncomfortable watching it because Kaji's a piece of shit. Uh, and yeah, then the making out in the elevator where, uh, Masato's like, we can't do this if someone will see us. And then I didn't want that to happen at all. And then, yeah, you said that he makes a the really gross line about, um, but your lips didn't say no. And she's God, like, but I, I hate, say no. I hate it so bad because there are sometimes in media where you watch like a, a villain and it's like, all right, well, like this is like clearly so like over the top shit like no one's probably like this but i hate watching kaiji because i know there are thousands if so not many. millions of people exactly like that he's very real right now i wouldn't be surprised yeah. if he was written exactly based off of somebody like yeah. that's how like, that's a real that's a real line that somebody has said yeah and i hate that a lot it sucks so bad and seeing masato have legitimately complicated feelings uh i just really feel for her in in these moments yeah. uh she's already kind of in so many complicated situations uh, and like now she has to work with this dude who assaults her at work and it's, and, and it's not, and like, she still has like some residual feelings and it just becomes more complicated for her. Uh, and she's like, fuck it. I'm going to focus on work now. And then she does the, the, the Eva fight the next day, but God it's, yeah, I feel for it's uncomfortable. Kaji sucks. He is manipulative. I don't know how much, how, I'm just going to say this shit over and over again until there's something else I can think of. <laughs> there was something else about him. That I, oh, what I was thinking of was, like, you were talking about villains in shows that are, like, over-the-top and dramatized, but I feel like, this, then this is an example of that, where, like, so often that comes at the expense of women as the victims, uh, mm -hmm. and that sucks. That's it. Yep. That's my thought. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, that the world, unfortunately. Yeah. Kaji comes in and uh, is gross to Ritsuko and uh, Masato, and did you catch when... When Asuka moves in, the scene where she's moving in, she mentioned she would rather live with Kaji. Sure did. That sucks. That's bad. <laughs> bad. Yeah. But that that is bad on in the way that it's meant to be, I believe. That... Yeah, I think we're supposed to be not, like, that's supposed to suck. Yeah. Which, that's the thing. It's like a lot of things are supposed to suck in this show, and then sometimes they do the things that suck and put, they frame it as jokes. Yep. So I don't know. So far, that hasn't been used as a joke. Although Kaji, Kaji's mostly just been portrayed as legitimately bad on screen. Yeah, I don't really think they, the the one time that I feel like they weirdly like tried, and maybe this wasn't like really them trying to redeem, but it is interesting, was the thing we talked about last time where Shinji's like, he seems cool. Like to have your protagonist voice that he seems cool. But I think even in that scene, he, like, we were supposed to know that Shinji's a misguided kid in that moment, not like. Yeah, Shinji, yeah, Shinji is grappling with a lot of stuff and we don't, get it's all subtext i think like that he is uh he is given no agency in any scene he is just told what to do and kind of shifts around from from situation to situation in the few times he does like uh show things about himself it's like i don't know kaji seemed fine the one second i met him or is asuka you know signaling that she wants to kiss me is this fine and then being uh upset that that wasn't the case or, uh, I don't know him. Maybe him being uncomfortable in the plug suit. Like, I don't know. He just he. Shinji. I was just gonna say he responds to stuff, but I he, very rarely does he like just exist without response to things that are prompting him to respond. Yeah. Although Shinji had some attitude in this episode, I feel like this is the most we've ever seen him stand up for himself. Like he was like getting after Asuka when they were like arguing and shit. Yeah, a little bit. It, it like it stood out to me that he was 
uh, kind of going to bat for himself as much as he was. Yeah, it still feels like maybe that's because she's his age. Yeah, he feels a little bit more able to like tell her fuck you. Yeah, which that's the thing he never did to Ray, but I don't think Ray's not as like aggressive and combative. Ray's just kind of quiet, and Shinji's like, "Are you okay? Is this is this okay?" <laughs> and then yeah, and then and he ends up wanting to protect her in that fight, and then we haven't seen her since or seen her. Yeah, seen Ray them also feels like. Ray also feels like, and I imagine it'd be doubly so for, like, him actually, like, living it. Uh, Ray feels, like, otherworldly, too. That's not, like, a, your average person. You can't really interact with Ray in the same yeah. way you would, like, literally anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Asuka comes in as the stark opposite to that after he has connected with Ray and a little yeah. bit Masato. And then Asuka comes in as this different character, and he has to... Which, I was really interested in the fact that Asuka tries to be friends with Ray. That was, like, fascinating to me because, like, we know that she's, like, I'm, like, I'm the best or I want to be the best. And, like, she's, like, jealous of the Ava pilot. So, like, is she, like, what's her, like, angle on that? When she was, like, hey, like, you're the other pilot. We should be good friends. Like, what's, like, what's she up to? I have that? no idea. It, I have genuinely yeah. no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, and I think it does good characterization on the both of them. But. Yeah. God, that Ray line. <laughs> we already talked about yeah. it, but just christ yeah if i'm ordered to i will do it is what the the <laughs> wiki quotes it as um oh yeah. yeah oh asuka says that it would be convenient for them to be good friends so that's a bit i think more like hey we might as well right <laughs> but like her yeah. her introduction she does seem so stoked about it she's like i don't know it's like her introduction to shinji i think the difference is shinji has been lauded as this like prodigy pilot who just like never trained and kicked ass and did all these good things and asuka's like i've worked so hard and now i feel like i'm in this kid's shadow who doesn't who hasn't worked as hard and ray is just there ray is just like another pilot and she's like hey it might be a good idea if we're on good terms and ray's like you know it on- i only do what i'm told i don't think for myself and asuka's like that's fucking weird huh anyways back to my life and I don't, you can read that however you want for now, because I don't... Yeah, yeah, I guess we got time. Yeah, we got uh, not a full 20 episodes left, but I don't know, 17, 18, math? Somewhere around there. Yeah. Is there, is there anything else lingering that you want to talk about, bring up? Because uh, I, I feel like... little things. I, I, I was like, I feel like we have so much to talk about Kaji, but it really is kind of one note of him being a, a shithead. It's just... Yeah, he just... He just... Shit. That's the thing. Kaji's pure shit. Yeah, it's like... I don't know. There's something about I, I felt equally uncomfortable watching those scenes as I did watching the Asuka scenes, but I feel like there is much less to unpack. Yeah. And I feel like those scenes, that's much more clear. Like I was able to just have a fully invested emotional moment as directed by the show, as opposed to the Shinji stuff where I'm like, I'm like, I'm disconnected trying to figure it out. Like in that moment, yes. I literally was just like, no, Masato, don't do this. Like, you know, like the, the, the way they want you to be reacting to their, like, you know, their, their drama. Like I'm just, uh-huh. I was fully in it in those things because it's so much clearer. Yeah. And then, and then in the, the stuff with the, the teenagers, you're kind of doing that. And then also thinking about filmmaking decisions because there yeah. are a lot that you're like, Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I already kind of touched on it, but I thought the angels are starting to look pretty easy to beat, which is like not bad, but interesting. Well, yeah, this episode does, yeah, does the a slightly different thing with them where they're not easy to beat, but then when they actually do get back in the robots, it goes by quickly. They're easy to beat in this episode. The way it's actually so? like, portrayed, yeah, the way that it's actually like like shown to us, like they're not taken seriously much at all. It's it's like they they get they they fight it and they're like, I thought I killed it. Oops, it's two now, and then we get like clowned on, and then like haha. Anyway, we'll get stronger and come back with dance moves, and then they like beat the shit out of it and kill it instantly. Like, so it's like in this episode, because like you said, like they're, it's, it's just a different tone and they have different goals for this episode. So it's, it's fine, but it just like, it's a very, like that I would never once like took that angel seriously. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's only the, that's the thing. It wasn't like, it's like, it would be dangerous hypothetically. They just don't like sell it. They're just like, Hey, yeah, the challenge isn't, this is going to kill a bunch of people and you have to stop it. The challenge is you two have to work together. Yeah. And then and then it becomes, you know, it's like an episode about their their characterization and their relationship and not right. uh being really good at robot fighting. Yeah, this episode is a far cry from from the other ones where it's like, "Oh my god, this kid is going to die." Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. And it's only happened in 9 um, episodes. We've gotten from yep. uh two very different perspectives on it. Yeah. Which like it's 
fine. You know, at some point, you would expect that these, like, kids whose lives are dedicated to piloting robots would get good enough at it that they can do stuff like this. Um, so it's not bad. It's just different. Yeah. There was a shot, I think it was when Masato and, and Ritsuko were talking. I had two notes about that scene. One, even though the, the context of it is, is, is bad and upsetting, I was mildly amused by the idea that Masada gets sober when she's upset instead of drunk. Like, they do this scene that other, like, things would where, like, they're at the bar and it's like, is it work or your life or whatever? Like, but, like, it, but, like, uh, Ritsuko's like, oh, you're sober. Like, what's going on? Yeah. And then, uh, th- there's, like, a cool view out the window. I don't know what the fuck it was, but it looked nice. It was very strange visually. Like, there was, like, yeah. a big, almost, like, pink triangle building and, like, I had no sense of like what or where that was supposed to be, but it looked nice. Yeah, there's like they do some shots um, where it seems to be like they're looking at the the city, but from the underside that's like protected under oh, the. Oh yeah. Yeah, they they don't do a ton with those. Uh, they kind of just set it up that like, hey, the city goes up and down to to protect people, and then then we just have to remember that when we see shots that utilize. I totally it. yeah I for. I forget it, like, all the time. <laughs> and then it's yeah. just like, why does this look so weird? And then it's like, oh, yeah, because mm-hmm. it's, like, an upside-down city. And then my last, my only other thing was another, like, environmental kind of thing. I liked getting to see more of the area around the school. I know that's, like, not consequential at all, but I just appreciated it. Like, you got to see, like, you know, like, the, the trees, and there were, like, there were, like homes, like, nearby. And oh, I just yeah. Feel like... the, the, you talk about the beginning of this episode? Yeah, maybe I just wasn't paying attention before, but I feel like I had never really seen that. I and think, I was like, oh, it just gives me a better sense of space. Yeah, like, I think we see more of it this ep- episode than we have before. It is done, of course, with the the sexualization of Asuka, uh, which I surprisingly, I'm surprised that didn't come up when we were talking about how she's viewed consistently in the show. But I think I was just so not surprised after last episode. I was like, oh, of course, this one, they're like just taking pictures of her and talking about whatever. Like, yeah. I was just like, yeah, yeah. It sucks. But I think that, <laughs> yeah. that I think that factors in too. Like she she makes some comment about how she's the most popular girl in school on her like first day or whatever. I, I think they are selling a lot about her characterization and where she's been before now and like what spaces she's used to, how she's used to being viewed, and what attention she does want and what attention she doesn't want. And it's I'm not it's not subtle. It's just it's it's hard to know in this context, what is considered valuable and what is considered like the stuff in the last episode that's anime fodder that we uh, are just unhappy about seeing. And I saw something about this in the Orange Groves Discord, actually, where they were talking about like, yeah, that sucks, but I do think it characterizes her. And I'm like, it does, but it's still a decision. Like, I still had to watch it and I still am unhappy about it. Yeah, um, but it is kind of it is kind of like tra- tragically sad to think about this like young woman who like everyone is just like, kind of like creeping on her and she's like i'm popular like that's kind of like yeah that's pretty sad yeah to think about and yeah and this episode i don't like again like i think these things are being set up and not being grappled with so i guess we'll just yeah. have to keep watching <laughs> that i can do all right well that's all i got this this uh well, this if, week. You, if you if you want to if you want to review joe and i's sync rate during this episode <laughs> Uh, Chris and I will be doing DDR at Extra Life. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, actually, I'm down. You down? Uh, well, I mean, that would if we got DDR pads and we're we're able to make it mat. work. I have one. Not, it's old. I'm not, but I have one. I said that as a joke, but I'm not opposed to the idea. I've never. Right, I've, we gotta like play this. We gotta do the 61 second long song that that they did. Yeah, I've never played DDR in my life, but I would. Really? Yeah, I would. You know what? Why not try it live in front of people for charity? Oh, oh shit, never? No, unless I've blocked it out. Oh, Joe, it's so good. It's such a good time. I believe you. I like rhythm games right, with gonna, plastic guitars. We're going to so. play. Yeah, we're going to play. You never had like the phase where you like went to the movie theater arcade and played DDR? Damn. No, I was never I was never confident enough to try it. Wow. All right, we're playing DDR next Life. That's that's it. All that's right. All, uh, you heard it here first, that. folks. Uh, and if it doesn't happen, sorry. But it's my fault. We'll make it happen. I probably forgot. I'll probably forget my mad at home. It's like, dull. I don't know. I'll look into it. Um, but yeah, I think you were setting up a bit about reviewing on iTunes. That's nah, fine. <laughs> the bit was probably garbage anyway. But yeah, you can't <laughs> uh, rate and review on on iTunes, or else right, I'll have to do it again. Uh-huh. 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 Rate yeah. and review. <laughs> I was de- I, well, I was gonna say rate and re- yeah, yeah. yeah uh-huh. it's, it's there. Uh, there's probably when, when we get to the rebuilds there's probably a re- review joke in there somewhere 
Yeah, I was just thinking before we started recording that it's weird that we've never done, like, this is an Evangelion Raywatch podcast. God, that's a mistake. But, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm good at those. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> if you'd like to observe my mistakes in, in uh, chronological order, you can go to twitter.com slash Disgrace. Do you have any other podcasts that are that are? Oh shit! You might yeah, plug? I do. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Joe. <laughs> I do. I do other podcasts. Uh, I'm on. Uh, I'm on. I'm on Movie Club. That's a, that's a good time. We watched Rocket Man last night. The the Elton John flick. Was it bad? And I've been listening. No, I liked it. That was right. that was good. You can follow me on Twitter, Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J O, uh, which pretty much right now is just a feed of my girlfriend selfies. I haven't. T- I I made a tweet about McDonald's recently. Yo, I also made a tweet about McDonald's because a, a a man in Canada threatened to make cheese out of my ass. That's so funny. God, I love that tweet. That might have been my best tweet of all time. It's very it, the story itself is just one for the books. It's bizarre. I love it, but I tweet sometimes. I don't tweet a ton about the shows I make, but you could follow uh, Orange Groves Net on Twitter, which is the Twitter account for the whole dang network that we're on, the Orange Groves Podcast Network. Uh, and that, I usually try and retweet um, shows when they post that there are new episodes out. Um, and sometimes I do that from my show accounts. But you can find everything uh, that's on the network. Some of the shows are mine. Some of the shows aren't. But you can find them at theorangegroves.com. You can uh, listen to all the shows there. You can uh, click that donate link to support the Patreon and get cut content from shows or bonus content like uh champs in the making uh the pokemon ranking podcast and um yeah there might be some some new stuff coming to uh to the network soon um there's been a lot of irons and fires for a while and one of these days (laughs) they will come out uh and i'm excited about all of them uh but i think that's probably all the stuff that we have to plug sometimes we use the hashtag nervous rex pod on twitter if you want to talk about the show and weigh in you can also join the orange groves discord uh and j- talk about uh the show in the nervous rex uh room for that um i love reading people's takes every other week and sometimes every week cause people just talk about it all the time uh me too so i also good. love when people are just like chris get out don't look what well, people use spoiler tags really liberally and yeah. everyone's really cool in there um so there's that um thank you for the positive reviews five stars and the nice words when we're done there will be no men left in america that is our true goal uh, and i think i think that's it i can't think of anything else to plug fan service 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 all right <laughs> that's how the episode ends don't look at me like i'm weird the episode beside us like service 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 good morgan goodbye everybody see i can just say things from the show too <laughs>